Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. song that says I can't take a soul that sins sick and if I say the words incorrectly um, apologize but it says if I, I can't take a soul that sins sick and make it whole again and uh, I, I can relate to that I, many of you I'm sure have heard my testimony I've shared with it shared it with you a couple different times while preaching and uh, Wednesday night before I was saved I remember calling my mom to my room I was sin sick burdened with my sin Knew I was lost, and uh, remember talking to my mother, and and uh, but that didn't that didn't alleviate the burden of my soul. That didn't take away the the guilt and the shame, and that didn't take away the sin. But it wasn't until I came to Christ the that next night on Wednesday Wednesday evening service uh, that I met the man who could take my soul that was sin sick and wash it and make it white. And uh, I'm thankful tonight that he is still able. I met him. I was nine, so almost. 15 years ago, I guess, um, from the Gospels until then, he was still the man who could, and from then until the, this morning, he's still the man who can. And if you're here today and you're lost, and he's able to make you whole. I cannot. I may be your pastor, and, and I will try to provide spiritual leadership in your life, but I cannot save you. I cannot do that work. Nobody else here can do that work. Your mom and dad, as much as they love you, cannot do that work. You have to come to Christ, but I'm thankful when you come to him, he will no wise cast you out. He'll do the work in your life that needs to be done, and I'm grateful for that this morning. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. As you find your place, uh, we're continuing in our focus, which we began a few months back on prayer, and this morning we'll look in these verses next Sunday morning. Lord willing, will be in James, a very familiar, I feel like, passage on prayer where it mentions the effectual, fervent, forever righteous man availeth much. And uh, that was kind of the, the intentions I had as we began this study is to lead this into revival and then the revival week. So next week we'll conclude our study on prayer and you know lead into this week as we try to spend time in prayer individually as families and come together and pray uh, with some intentionality this week for revival. And so that's kind of the vision, if you will, I had in that. And so that's uh, where we're heading the next couple of weeks. And, and uh, just pray that the Lord has used it in your life and thankful for how he's used it in mine to encourage me in my prayer life. Hope uh, the Lord has used his word to do the same for you and uh, give us a better understanding of what prayer is, what prayer, of what prayer is and the place it should have in our life. But this morning we're in Romans 8. Just reading two verses of scripture, but I still ask you if you will to stand in honor and reference to the word of the Lord as we read. Of course, a very rich passage of scripture. Some of probably the most quoted verses of scripture uh, will follow the verses that we're studying. But with our focus on prayer, we're just going to read 26 and 27. Where the Bible says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the day you've given us. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for our fellowship with one another. 
God, thank you for how you use it to encourage us, and thank you for how you use it to keep us accountable, and, and how you use the gifts of those around us to help us, Lord, and to strengthen us in our own walk with you. And uh, God, thank you for how you, you baptize us together into this body, Lord, and how each of us serve a part, and each, each of us serve a function. God, help us to do our part and help us to do what you've saved us to do and what you have placed us within this body to do. God, help us not to be jealous of another member. Help us not to be envious of another member, but be thankful for the, the part and the purpose that you've given us. Lord, help us as a church to continue to enjoy unity. And God, help that unity to deepen that even we've experienced here within our local congregation, especially over the previous weeks. But Lord, I pray that we could experience that unity as a corporate body of believers as well. God, thank you for this opportunity that we have to open up your word. God, we don't have to hide. We don't have to do so in secret. Lord, you've given us freedom to gather today. And Lord, we don't want to take that for granted. And God, I pray now that you'd use your word and do with it what I could never do. God, as we studied in John 17, I ask this morning that you'd use your word to sanctify us. Use the truth to help us to, uh, to grow and to our for our lives to reflect it more than they did when we walked in today. God, if there's a soul here this morning that's sin sick, Lord, I pray for them. And I pray for their salvation. Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they would call upon the name of the Lord. And God, that you would wash them whiter than snow. We love you this morning. Thank you for first loving us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing this morning. You've heard the saying... We don't appreciate something until it's gone or some variation of the same idea. And the principle behind the saying is this, that we take things for granted. We don't often value things like we should. There's, you could give, I'm sure, many, many personal examples. I've been reflecting on that this week to help bring this reality more to the forefront of our mind, uh, the time during... Uh, COVID and all the, the different things that happened with it, the shutdowns, that brought a lot of things to my mind. I was, remember me and Brianna went on our first date. I don't know that I'll, I guess I'll ever forget it, the way that everything uh, panned out, but it was Friday, the, uh, it was a Friday, and we went to cookout after a long time of me trying in my best to get her to go on a date with me. She finally went uh, with me, and if you know our story, I'm telling it a little bit different than as it actually went. But we went to cookout one Friday night. She was at work. It was late. We went to cookout and uh, had a meal together. And then that Sunday is the Sunday that everything shut down. That's when they announced school was closed and, and everything began to shut down. So it was probably another year before me and her ever went out to eat somewhere again. And so I guess I just had some foresight and I knew it would save some money if I waited and asked her uh, to go out to go on a date with me after with this stuff looming. But anyway, I said that to say we took, I took for granted, and I'm sure many took for granted, just the freedom to be able to go to a place and share a meal together. She sent me a picture from, it popped up in her memories, I believe, uh, the other day of on a Wednesday night when I was at Tabernacle, and during that time, I, Preacher West had me preach Wednesday night services, and they were broadcasted like many people did, uh, but I, it was a picture of me putting my mic on, and the church was empty, and I, I told her, I said, I don't, I don't miss preaching the empty pews. I Took for granted us gathering together, as many people did. Took for granted being able to come together, to fellowship with one another, to be able to have this in-person worship with each other. So I think that time probably brought many things to our mind that we can think back to of things we took for granted and things we did not value as we should. Well, unfortunately, the, I think that we're all guilty of doing this with someone even as significant as 
the Holy Spirit. I know for myself, as I began to dive into these verses, I found that I, I, w- I am guilty of not appreciating, not valuing the Holy Spirit in my prayer life as I should. Thankfully, we'll never have to experience what it's like to be without Him because He will abide with us forever. That's the promise given to us. Yet we should be careful this morning to never take the Holy Spirit for granted. And our passage of Scripture, these two verses in Romans chapter number 8, I think will draw back our heart in an appreciation for His presence in our prayer life. As I have studied again these verses this week and preparing for this morning, all of our focus has been on how we pray and our effort and our diligence in prayer. Well, here's, here, this, these verses I think will be very comforting to you. They were comforting to me as we're reminded of the Holy Spirit's work and presence in our prayer life. So we want to be careful today not to take Him for granted, not to overlook Him, and not to value Him within our prayer life as we should. So I want us to look this morning, first of all, at His help, the help of the Holy Spirit in verse number 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The word likewise means in like manner. So for us to understand what Paul is saying and for uh, for us to get the full grasp, I think, of what Paul is saying, uh, we have to understand he's building these words off of something that he's previously been saying. And again, Romans 8 is is just rich with, with meaningful verses. And I say that hesitantly just because that's true of all of Scripture. But Romans 8, so many powerful statements that are made, but if we look back, we realize that the Holy Spirit does so much for you and I as believers, and probably much of it we unfortunately take for granted, but He dwells in us according to verse number 9. It says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So He dwells in us. The Spirit of God dwells in you and I. He does not come upon us for a while in the Old Testament. You read of that, uh, that, a- that aspect of the Holy Spirit's ministry where He would come upon people for a specific time, for a specific purpose, but He, was not, he did not dwell within people. But now He dwells in us. According to verse number 9, He is the seal that we truly belong to the Father. As the verse concludes, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If the Spirit of God does not dwell in you, then you are not Christ, because that is the seal that we belong to Him. If you are saved, then the Holy Spirit abides and dwells in you. Verse number 11, which I think this is the overall emphasis of the Holy Spirit's work in our life, as verse number 8 reads, the Holy Spirit is what enables us to live a life that is pleasing to God. The Holy Spirit is what enables us to live above the sin that still reigns in our fleshly bodies. It says in verse number 11, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. So the Holy Spirit, as He dwells in us, enables us to live in a way that is pleasing to God. He helps us not to live unto the flesh. Because as we're saved, we are, our salvation is secured, our salvation is settled, but we still live in bodies that have not been glorified yet. We still live in bodies that are still under the curse of sin. And so this war goes on, the battle between the spirit and the flesh, and 
we can be victorious in this battle thanks to the Spirit of Christ which enables us and quickens our mortal bodies so that we might live in a way that's pleasing unto Him. We are to be led by the Spirit and not by our flesh, not by the deeds of the body. So in addition to this, likewise, not only does the Spirit of God do that for you and I, but the Spirit helps us, according to verse number 6, in our, in our infirmities. So the Spirit helps us in another way. One thing that will help you and I this morning is to realize why we need the Holy Spirit's help like we do. One thing that will help us to appreciate His work in our life is understanding why we need Him like we do. And the Bible tells us plainly it's because of our infirmities, our weaknesses. And specifically mentions the area of our weakness is in how to pray. Tells us we don't know what we should pray for as we, as we ought. The word ought speaks of something that's necessary, what must happen or what is proper. And that tells you and I something about the importance of praying, the importance of the prayers that we ourselves need and that God would help us that we might live a victorious Christian life. But there's this problem, we have a weakness. And we don't know how to pray for ourselves, we don't know how to pray in general as we should and as we need to. And in that is, is a word towards our, our humility to remember that you and I cannot do things on our own. You and I are too weak. We need help. And the good news of this verse is that God has given us that help through the Spirit of God that we know that dwells within us. You may, this morning as we have studied on prayer, and you may, even when you sit down to pray or kneel down to pray, you may, that may be your thought process. Well, I don't, I just don't know, I don't feel like I know how to pray. I don't feel like my prayers are very good, we might say. According to the Scriptures, we all are not great, very good at praying. But that's not to discourage us. God has not left us in that helplessness. God has given us the Spirit of God to help us where we are, where we are weak. A lot of people, we want to live in a spirit of, of independence and, and self-dependence, but then we're reminded again, according to verse number 26, you and I are weak. Maybe we want to have this idea, well, I've got it under control, I've got things taken care of, but again, we're reminded this morning we're weak, and without the Spirit of God's help, then we are prone to failure. But that's not to leave us discouraged. That's not to leave, have you leaving here down and out. That's to help us to appreciate and value this helper that much more when we realize just how bad that we need him. In John 14, 16, and 18, and a uh, small group study that we've been a part of, that I've been a part of, we've looked in these verses here recently, but the Bible says this, and this is Jesus' words. He says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The word comforter that's found in those verses of Scripture means a helper, an advocate, or an intercessor. 
It's like having a lawyer that's on your side, that's one that's pleading your cause before a judge. That's what God, Christ has given us in the Holy Spirit. When he was preparing to leave, he was telling his followers that I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'm going to send this comforter, this helper, this advocate to you so that you will not be alone. He was going to send the comforter to dwell in them. In other words, I'm glad this morning that God has not left you and I for failure. God has not set us up for failure. If it was not for the Spirit of God, that's what would happen is failure. But God sent someone who would be in our corner to aid us, and that is the Holy Spirit who helps us in our infirmities. Where you and I are in frail or weak, where you and I, where we may begin to pray and, and our mind go off 100 miles an hour, we may pray and our prayers may not be very deep. Our prayers may not even be very scriptural sometimes where we have a weakness, where you may try to pray, but this happens and that happens and you end up not praying at all. Where we have these weaknesses, God says, I've given the Holy Spirit to help you because we don't know how to pray as we, as we should. But the second aspect of the text, and I think it's just a specific, the specific explanation as to how the Holy Spirit helps us in our infirmities. It says, But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So how does the Holy Spirit help us in regards to our weakness in prayer? He intercedes for us. The word intercession speaks of making a petition for. So the the text is telling you and I as the Holy Spirit literally pleads for us before the Father. He prays for us and He prays with us as we ourselves pray. Since we don't know how to pray, He prays for us. You know, it's great to know that people are praying for you. It's great to know that you have a spouse who prays for you. It's great to know that you have a Sunday school class that prays for you. It's great to know you have parents that pray for you. I, as your pastor, try to pray for you, and it's great to know these things, and I don't minimize the prayers of people, but how much more comforting is it, is it to know this morning that we have the Spirit of God who makes intercession for us. When you try to pray and you think, maybe you can't even get the words out because you just feel so feeble and so weak in prayer, then you must bear this in mind that the Spirit of God is there and He prays for us and He prays with us. One thing, though, the Bible specifies about these intercessions of the Spirit of God is that His intercessions are without, with groanings which cannot be uttered. The word groanings mean, groanings mean sighing, and the phrase cannot, mean, cannot be uttered means inexpressible or not expressed with words, meaning you're not going to audibly hear the Holy Spirit praying for you. As you begin to pray, you're not going to hear a voice where the Spirit of God is also praying simultaneously for you. But according to the Scriptures, we hold by faith that the Spirit of God is praying for us, praying for us, praying with us. As the Believer's Bible Commentary says, there's a mystery here. We are... The scriptures is, are allowing us to peer into the unseen spiritual realm where a great person and great forces are at work on our behalf. Knowing that the Spirit of God prays for us should not 
make us respond by saying, well, what's the point of me praying? The Bible tells me that because of my weakness, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray for as I should. But that's not to make us say, well, I just won't pray. Rather, we pray the more knowing I don't pray in my own strength, I don't pray in my own power, but because of my weakness, I have the Spirit of God who prays for me and prays with me. So these verses don't discourage us from praying, but these verses encourage us to pray all the more to know that God has given His Spirit to pray and intercede for us. And also, the verse concludes in verse number 27 that the groanings of the Spirit of God, His intercession for us is according to the will of God. It says that he that searcheth the hearts, in verse number 27, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. So, God is the one who searches the hearts. The groanings of the Spirit of God may not be verbalized, but you don't have to worry about if God knows what the Spirit is praying for because God knows the mind of the Spirit. One thing important to remember is that God is the one who searches the hearts. It's one thing very important to always keep in mind about God. The word search means to examine to investigate and God be sure that God does these two things of our heart our inner man in other words this morning you're not going to trick God you'll not deceive God you might do these two things to everyone else around you but you'll not trick him because he searches your heart he knows your inner person he knows the real you God does he's the one who searches the heart And as part of that, though, where the Spirit's groanings may not be uttered, He knows the mind of the Spirit. He knows exactly what it is the Spirit of God is pleading for. His intercessions, God knows exactly what it is He's praying. One reason very plainly stated in the text that God knows the mind of the Spirit is because He prays as you and I should. Spirit's prayers are according to the will of God. Is the Holy Spirit praying that you would have enough money to be able to retire by 63 and then be set for the rest of your days? Not necessarily. Is the Holy Spirit praying that you would never go through a difficult time, you would never face a stormy season in your life? No, not not particularly. Is He praying That you might have a huge house and the best piece of land that you've always wanted. It's not the, the basis of the Holy Spirit's prayers. The Holy Spirit is praying according to the will of God. He is praying for your life. He's interceding for your life for the things that He knows that God wants for you. He prays as we should. So His prayers are perfect. His prayers are exemplary. And His prayers are for all the things that we need in our life according to the will of God. Notice also who he's making these intercessions for. Make an intercession for the saints, according to the will of God. The word saints means set apart by God, holy or sacred or different. One definition I read said, likeness of nature with the Lord and different from the world. So the Spirit of God are praying for those who have been born again, who have been set apart through the work of Christ in their life. So if you're a saint, then the Spirit of God is making this intercession for you. If you have been saved and born again, 
The Spirit of God is making offering prayers on your behalf. Oftentimes, if not due to rebellion and just rejection of the truth, but due to ignorance, we're unmindful, I think, of the work of God in our lives. Many things happen on a spiritual level, meaning that we cannot see what's taking place. But the unfortunate reality of that or our unfortunate response to that is we take these things for granted. I'm afraid that we are guilty of this in regard to the Spirit's help in our prayer life. As I mentioned, I know that I am guilty of that. How many times have I asked myself this and therefore I guess asking you to kind of address the same question in your life? How many times have I bowed my head to pray and think about the fact that I don't even know how to pray? But also, at this, in the same token, recognizing that the Spirit is there to pray with me and to pray for me. How many times do I enter prayer with that in my mind? Maybe the unfortunate reality is, on the contrary of that, maybe I enter prayer with a certain feeling of confidence rather than weakness. Maybe I have the prideful attitude of I, I don't think of the Holy Spirit because I don't think I need the Holy Spirit in prayer. Will these scriptures help clear out that erroneous thinking and bring us back to the reality that, yes, we are weak? And if you kneel to pray and you think, I don't even know what to say, you're probably right. But again, our response to that is not to be discouraged. Our response to that, according to the text, is not, well, what's the point? Because God has given the Spirit to help us. So that emboldens us to pray all the more. As we stand together this morning and our musicians can come around and prepare for a, a moment of invitation. But I thought of the old song as I was thinking about how to conclude our thought this morning. And the song came to my mind, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. And the song, the title of the song and the, the lyrics too, remind us of our inability and our weakness but also remind us of the graciousness and strength of the Father. That where I cannot walk on my own, He's there to hold my hand and walk right beside me. It reminds us of our dependence on Him for even what, even what seems like insignificant tasks. Well, I think the passage of Scripture before us this morning might put new words to the old tune. Where we might, I think, rightfully say, I can't even pray without you holding my hand. And I think the response this text calls for out of our life is to praise God for the Holy Spirit and His work that He assures us that the Holy Spirit is there to help us. Where we're weak, we don't know how to pray a lot of times. A lot of times our prayers, as genuine as they may be, are probably not according to the will of God, unfortunately, because of our weakness. But none of this is to leave us discouraged and none of this is to leave us Again, with the mindset of, well, what's the point of it all? Because God has given His Spirit to intercede for us, to help us. So this morning, as we ponder these verses of Scripture, if God has dealt with your heart in some way to respond in this immediate hour, then I want, you to, uh, I want to urge you to be obedient. You might just want to thank the Lord for giving, giving the Holy Spirit for all that He does in our life. But the thing we specifically looked at this morning is His aid and His help and and I pray. Because if not, we saw the reality. 
We don't know what we're doing. But God's given us his spirit. We should praise him for it. As Mark comes around and leads us in a song of invitation, if you need to pray this morning, you know these altars are open. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.